Hey everybody, welcome to the Lap Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and today we've got a story about magic. But not just magic. Everybody's had second thoughts about their career. Sometimes you want to go for broke and do that thing that everybody says you can never make a living doing. I might be projecting a little bit when I say that, but uh, you'll get the gist when you listen to this story. We're calling this one Some Kind of Magic. Here it comes. This is The Laps. Chris is interested in computers. His time is spent behind a monitor. His day a myriad of clicks and keystrokes. But this isn't his dream. Hello, I'm David Copperfield, and I hope I do better than that guy. I really would just be entranced by it. Entranced at the, the response it got from people. What's with the deck of cards? That usually happens. Christopher James Shue is a magician. I'm 19, and I got my first magic video. I found a a website online, and I bought it, and it was... Not so great, but that's okay. Because to be honest, neither is Chris. Shaking so bad from the nerves that I would drop the cards in front of people. He spends a couple years starting, stopping, starting, stopping, starting, stopping, starting, starting, stopping, stopping, till he finally has to ask himself, how badly do you want it? More and more, Christopher's days become about practice. Don't ask that person about his magic. That person is not going to want to see anything. And his stage fright. That person might say no. (sighs) Make them say no. So he plans a circuit he can get comfortable in. Always on Skytrains or at the malls, almost every Saturday, almost every Sunday, for probably five or six hours until they kick me out. Get out of here, you! And then I would go to a different mall. When he runs out of malls, he rides Vancouver's Skytrain. Around and around and around and around and around. I was always asking people, what could I do to be better? His transit strategy works really well, particularly to break in a new trick. The secret to money, also called the Toonie trick. For the non-Canadians among you, that's $2. Somebody got on the Skytrain and it was clear that he couldn't afford the ticket at the time. The man spots Chris with his deck of cards and instantly his eyes light up. A magician. Chris looks the man up and down, and he knows this guy gets the toonie trick. Chris opens his right hand. Four toonies sit atop his palm. So I used to have this perception about money, he tells the man. The perception was that it was very hard to earn and very hard to keep. So I would look at my bank account over and over and over, and eventually, I had less. One of the toonies? disappears. Over time, I changed my thoughts and my perceptions about money, and now it appears around me easily and frequently. The toonie appears in Christopher's other hand. Now, sometimes I used to go out shopping with my friends, and I would say things like, I don't have enough, or I can't afford it. Then at the end of the day, I actually felt and literally had less money. Another coin evaporates. Of course, over time, I changed my thoughts about money and what I would say about it. I would say, I do have enough and I can afford that. And every time I spoke of wealth, back into Chris's other hand, I had it. Some people believe that it's just a feeling about money, whether you have a good feeling about money or a bad feeling about money, and to a certain degree, that's true. I did have bad feelings towards money, and that caused me to have less. Gone. Over time, I started to develop better feelings about money and a healthier relationship with it, and suddenly now it's falling into my hands. Chris drops three coins into the man's hands. His eyes go wide. Everyone here can make more money in their lives. They just have to believe in it enough. He gives the man the fourth and last coin. The man's gaze meets Chris's. Now I want you to close your hand and imagine that you were rich. The man shuts his hand and closes his eyes. Tell me, what's the first thing you would buy? A house. 
the man says. I would buy a house. Chris opens his hands, which are empty. The man opens his, and Chris retrieves the coins. One, two, three, four. Chris points at the man's hand. That which you create. The man holds a fifth coin, a new one. You get to keep. There's a silence between them. And he just starts crying. Like it's a packed skytrain. Crying, crying, crying nonstop. Eventually, the man pulls himself together. He tries to give the coin back, but Chris declines. That's yours now. He said, like, I, nobody's ever given me money that I've just met like that. He tells Chris he's been homeless for several years, a product of bad luck and poor decisions. People don't understand him. Usually, they ignore him. And he kind of looked at me and he said, you know, you, you gave me hope again. The way Chris sees it, it's a two-way street. The secret to money becomes a big part of Chris's practice, though it's not the cheapest. Probably 50 to 60 bucks a day. But nowhere near as expensive as the trick he really wants to do. There's a huge industry in marketing tricks to magicians. Like purchasing a license to practice. This one illusion, simply named, is the table trick. One of the most magical experiences that I'll ever remember. An antique table sits atop the stage. Miss, if you please. The magician instructs his volunteer to grasp hold of the tablecloth. He does the same on the opposite side. No matter what happens, don't let go. The music begins to swell. And the table levitates. The magician shows no strings above nor wires beneath. It seems to dance around the room, teasing its audience. I was in awe, even knowing some of the mechanics and, and things at that point. The trick is for sale, but it doesn't come cheap. Not hundreds, but thousands. And while it's supposed to feel alive, to flit across the room, it feels kind of dead. He shelves it for years, until one day he hears this piece of music. And it just clicks. The first time I did it, with that music for a real audience at a real show, there was a few people that came up right after, and they came up and showed me the goosebumps on their arms. Like they felt the need to pull their shirts up to show them. And no one had done that before. Here's the idea. Tonight, you the murder. That was that time that I remember sitting as a kid watching David Copperfield, seven or eight years old, and then thinking to myself, I want to be able to make people feel like that. I'm doing this festival show. The show's going great, and I'm ready to do the big finale. The table trick. Hands from the audience shoot up as volunteers. Me, Over here, pick me. the bag. I'll do it. Me, pick me. He selects a lovely lady, mid-thirties, and she steps on stage. Chris cues the music. Just as soon as I hit play, I turn back around and I kind of look over and she's bent over, hunched, chasing something. But just like dancing, once the music starts, so does the act. It's choreographed to the music. The train has left the station. There's just no way to stop it. And then I kind of see what she's trying to round up and here it's this kid. <laughs> I don't know where this kid came from, but somehow ran up the stairs, got on the stage, was running around on the stage, and she's trying to corral it. The kid ducks left and dodges the volunteer. <laughs> I'm trying to do the show. And before anyone can do anything, the kid runs right through the table and destroys it. I shrieked, audibly shrieked. The trick has started. I've introduced it, and I'm looking at a bunch of broken pieces. Dollar signs grow little wings and fly away. Inside, I'm losing my mind. 
It's done. That's it. I've already performed it for the last time. So Chris pulls the plug. The kid got rounded up by some dad and taken off stage after he had already ruined the illusion that I had wanted to do. Of course, this was at the end of the stage show. I have to go into something else. Finally, I'm like, okay, well. Everyone better get in real, real close. And I did the toonie trick. So I used to have this perception about money. The perception was that it was very hard. That's all I really had. So I'm doing the toonie trick for her. The same lady he had on stage. I'm doing the toonie trick, my show's ruined, and I'm just livid. During the point when she feels it fall into her hand, I lean over and I whisper in her ear, so whose fucking kid was that? The woman lowers her hand. She literally looks right at me and in a loud voice says, that's my kid. It didn't occur to me. He finishes the trick, foot in mouth, and she leaves. She doesn't even offer to pay the repairs. Actually, she makes a profit. She got to keep the tune here. It was the worst in two ways. One, a staple of my show was broken. I thought that illusion was out of the show permanently. I saved up for a long time to be able to afford it. And then I humiliated myself. I mean, the kid was just being a kid. And he was racing up on the stage to be with his mom. People come in and they'll see the show now and they'll say, you know, like, you're very calm, you're very collected. I had to basically give myself the bravery to go up and talk to people and you just get over it. People just don't realize that. They'll be so nervous about getting up and giving a speech and I'll get up and stand in front of them for an hour and do a bunch of tricks and it's no big deal. That story again was shared by Christopher James Shue. As you know, Christopher James is a magician, and uh, there's another eviler Christopher James lurking out there. Don't mistake the two. The cruise ship guy is not the one you want. Whether you're local to Vancouver or not, he does a whole bunch of charity work in India, and you'll be happy to know that the table trick has been repaired, which means, and I've had the pleasure of this, you can see that in person. If you want to do that, check this guy out, Christopher-James.com. As always, if you have a story to tell, email stories at thelaps.org because we're still taking them on. And a uh, little tidbit of news, we've recorded our first, very first international story. We're looking forward to putting that together. And by we, of course, I mean me. But I am looking for two kinds of people, though. One, if you're a story curator, especially in the States, if you've got access to stories, if you can interview people, I want to talk to you. Two, if you're a sound guy, if you know sound, if you know how to edit, if you know how to gussy things up, talk to me. Lastly, I'm still begging, please leave a review on iTunes if you haven't done it. You're the people responsible for other people being able to see this show. So, if you don't mind. My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Labs. Thank you so much for listening.